From the pages of ramblingbeachcat.com, this is Seth and Nick here with your weekly podcast. Continuing our streak of hot women somehow appearing on the show, fellow University of Kentucky Tremone studio member Kate Shannon is here to give us a female perspective on our time at UK. Come to find out, she's a Star Trek Next Gen fan, and you'll never guess which fully functional cast member she's crushing on. Marching band humiliation, your questions, and a veritable cornucopia of Dale stories, all coming up on the Rambling Beach cast. Uh, right now, you need to know your role, and that role is to cue the music. I was gonna tell you first of all, Seth. This is kind of cool. Uh, Joe, he, uh, we, you know, we watch the Falcons play on Sundays at Wild Wing Cafe, and Joe picks me up because he's my chauffeur. It is. He feeds and, uh, seedless grapes and everything. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but he he drives up to the house and he's all grumpy because Auburn lost to Mississippi State. He's all mad, and you know he's like, "I'll just get in the car." And, you know, Aaron Chizik's just such a bad coach. We get in and then uh, and then it turns on the radio and Ramblin' Man's on. Nice, and I'm like, that's that's our this is our podcast theme song. This is our body. He's like, I know, I know. <laughs> Someone's grumpy, as he's grumpy because we only had him on once, and then yeah, we don't really bad mouth him now though. I mean, yeah, we do. <laughs> Shut up! It's no, a, we do. It's all affectionate. So, it's all affectionate. So I'm gonna I'm gonna set up Kate here a little bit. So you're okay. Uh, Telling our Dale and Andy stories. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although I have a really, really bad memory. So, you know, you might have to like help me fill in the blanks and stuff. But there's still a lot on my mind about all of it. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot in all our minds. Yeah. We're, we're all still a bit traumatized from some of the, like, this is <laughs> the story. This, people don't know. Tori, unfortunately for her, people knew her more than she wanted to. Our first guest we had last week. But Kate was in the trombone studio with us, commiserated with us. Now, Kate is way too modest to say this, but she does not look like a trombone player, and that's... <laughs> no. She's a beautiful young woman. She is way too pretty to play trombone. Now, she'll be modest about that, say, no, I'm not. She, she is. But the stories that happen, some of them centered around that. The first one I was going to talk about that we all thought was funny was... Kate, you probably don't remember how this came about, but, you know, Dale was... Uh, he was talking to us about like some about the way we dressed at church, and he was like, hey, "You know, you just you have to make sure you." I mean, I'm not saying you have to be formal, but you have to look good. You know, I mean, Kate, you know, she looks good no matter what she wears. And I remember, like, yeah, you came up to me after and you're like, you know, I don't want to be like that girl, and really, but that really made me feel uncomfortable. Which, yeah. which is understandable. You weren't being like overset. That that was kind of creepy when he said, that. "Yeah." <laughs> and so like. Basically, if you could walk us through, if you can remember, like, what I remember basically is you went in the office and you wanted to have a talk and you were just like, Daily Dodge. And you didn't, like, come at him or you said, I really don't like it when you say things like that. And it basically came down to him saying, you're right, I shouldn't do that. But you don't practice enough. Yeah. Like, pretty much took, took it and turned it around on you. you that, was, that was how arguments or, or any conversation with Dale went. You went in trying to get something accomplished and you came out feeling like a terrible human being. 
It's true. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, actually, I I, I think that that's what how the the our running partnership ended too. I think I <laughs> I had confronted him about wait um, running partnership. Yeah. Well, that's you right. Know, you ran it Nutterfield. Yeah, Nutterfield ass. Yeah. And I think that it ended somewhat like that too, with a conversation similar to that. But, um, but yeah, but I can save that story for whenever you want me to tell it. Yeah, we're we're um, talking that story now. Oh, yeah. we're, okay, we're diving head first into this one. <laughs> okay, I was thinking about it sort of in preparation for this conversation, and I, I started thinking like, I never ran at all. I don't remember <laughs> ever running. I think I maybe ran three times, four times, uh, you guys, maybe you know that I ran, but I don't remember running at all. And (laughs) I think I must have mentioned one day after maybe one time that I ever ran in my life that (laughs) that I had just run. And I think Dale caught wind of this (laughs) and decided that it would be a really good idea for us to run together. Uh, (laughs) In the meantime, I run all the time, but Dale's never said anything to me. But then Kate's like, I ran from Andy once. (laughs) Dale's like, ah, oh, really? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. You smelled blood in the water. It was weird. weird. And so he decided, you know, we should run together and and said, you know, we should run together sometime. And what am I going to say? Because this is, you know, and I Your grade's on the line here, yeah. Exactly. Your grade, your scholarship. So you want to be amicable and like whatever so i i remember kind of just being like sure we'll run thinking that it was super awkward and weird well he didn't let go of this idea you know every time i saw him he would um, mention that we needed to run together um (laughs) and at some point he got in his mind that we needed to run at a specific location and that was another field (laughs) yes And at this point, we hadn't run yet, but but there was, you know, (laughs) persistent talk about how we needed to run together, which, you know, thinking back, why? Why did we need to run together? Why did he want to run with me? It was really weird. So um, at some point, yeah. Two reasons, Kate. Yeah. Two reasons. Uh, Just go ahead ahead and you run, and I'm going to run behind you. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. So bizarre. And I don't run, you know, and so... At some point, yeah, he was encouraging me to call. Not only did he want to run with me, he also wanted me to take the lead on organizing. <laughs> you, you had to book the date, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he encouraged me to call, you know, Nutter Fieldhouse and yeah. um, you know, find out, like, specifically when we could go, you know, what you know, whatever. So, and I never, I don't think I ever did, and I think that that caused some, like, resentment you know, from him towards me, and he was upset because I wasn't following through with this weird <laughs> idea of us running together. So I just think, wait, I just think it's funny that one of the most basic human actions, forward motion running, Dale has turned into like brain surgery. I <laughs> <laughs> need to set up a date. With Ted. Yeah, I'm gonna do a master class on running. Yes. Oh, oh, and. It- and it got worse. Like, okay, so eventually, somehow, we ended up deciding to r- go run somewhere. And I'm not really sure exactly how it came about, but we ended up going to run at a local high school and their track. Wait, and I thought you ran at Nutter Fieldhouse. No, we never. That fell through. I don't know if if I didn't call or if we weren't able to or if it was just a contentious, like, sore subject between us after a while because I didn't 
you know, make the call. Yeah, um, but no. Fault. I really he, didn't know this. You guys running at a high school together just makes it 10 times creepier. But okay, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> high school, whenever we could. And I, I think we went quite a few times. I mean, maybe like a dozen times. It was like once a week. Oh, wow. And yeah, and we would go and run at this high school, and Dale, he started timing me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing, but this rating. I really didn't know it was this bad. He would time yeah, you? He started timing me, and he had me time him. And he started, you know, talking about how we really needed to beat our previous scores and times, and it just turned into something big competition. really yeah. blown out of proportion. And... And he would um, often forget his, to change his, you know, to bring oh, a change of clothes. Oh, yeah. And so he would wear his jeans and his, um, socks. His, <laughs> his, like, polo, you know-esque shirt. And black and, socks. Black and run in socks. Yeah. And that was really bizarre, too. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so... And then eventually I got really, I just I hated it. I didn't want to go run. I didn't. The whole time he ran. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, pr- pretty much. I'll, although, like, we would run separately, though. Like, we wouldn't, like, you think going to run together with someone you and you're run running pairs. together. Yeah. But here there was a track and we would run separately and, like, time one another um, so that, you know, we could keep up with our scores and t- and run times and ap- improve. So it turned into this this awful, awful experience. And I, I, did, I felt kind of stuck and I didn't really know how to get out of it. And so... I think we would go on Thursdays, if I remember correctly. Like that's when trombone choir practice. Maybe I don't. Maybe not. Didn't we practice once a week or twice, uh, Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, Thursday, Thursday afternoon? Yeah. I think we were supposed to go on Thursdays. Sometimes after trombone choir. Sometimes we went in the mornings. And I started kind of blowing him off, you know, making excuses. And eventually, you know, he got irritated and you know would keep calling my dorm room and saying, you know, we need to go run and what's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we need to run. You'd be like tapping at your window, yeah, at, at night with a stick, like okay. a creepy little lawn gnome. Okay. <laughs> a really like complicated, just terrible, terrible thing, right? And so, and so, and we're both on edge with one another because I'm not like performing like run wise up to his <laughs> expectations. I'm not improving my scores, just like I wasn't doing well, you know, in practices and stuff like that with trombone. And uh, eventually, you know, we these tensions built up, and and then we ended up going to um, some high school to play as the trombone choir. And he made some comment, like what, how you introduce the conversation, some comment about. I think he told someone to get out of the way, and he said, you know, but I'd rather look at Kate or something, you know, something yeah. weird. That I think it was totally innocent, but the way it sounded was awkward and weird, and and all all you guys were like, "Whoa!" You well, know? with the context of all this going on, I didn't know it was this involved. Like yeah. with all that, that makes <laughs> yeah. that would. <laughs> I had no idea you guys were doing. You did it like twelve times. I thought this was like maybe two or three times that this all happened. No, we would go like once a week. So then, after he made that comment. I felt really awkward and I don't know if I talked to him about it, but one day he called me into his office or he somehow he messaged put it, me. He put, it, he put it on the whiteboard. He said, K C B A S A P. Yeah. So I saw it and I went in and he sat me down and said that because of his comment, 
he he just not not that he's sorry for his comment or that not that his comment was inappropriate, but because of his comment, he just thought it would be best if we stopped running together, and he like broke up with me. Like he I'm thought not gonna it, inappropriately make moves on you anymore. Right. Yeah, he thought since I felt so bad about the comment that then he I think he kind of felt like I don't I don't know. He's you know, I don't want to say he's what he's thinking because I don't know, but yeah, he broke up he run the running was broken up and that at that point it ended. <laughs> no, yeah. I'll honestly say, Kate, like I really thought because I remember talking to you about it and you being like, Nick, I don't wanna make a fet like you didn't wanna get in trouble with this, but you I remember you saying it really made me uncomfortable. I was like it did sound a bit creepy. So yeah. I, I wonder, I can't, I mean, I thought, I don't know how you guys ended up. Like, I thought you went to him. Maybe that's not what happened. But yeah, I just remember you saying, I really need to talk to him about this because it was just so creepy. And then the other thing is, the thing about you, I remember, is you couldn't stop laughing if you found this something funny. And we <laughs> always talked about the Call Nutter Fieldhouse. And then one day, Dale, I guess Dale started finding me attractive. I don't know. But Dale was like, you know, we can run together. Oh, How do you run? Yeah. And I remember I said, well, I said, I don't, you know, do you run on a track? I told him, I said, I don't run on a track. I just run, you know, and I, I run for a certain amount of time, you know, for aerobic exercise. I, I don't know how long, I, you know, how far I'm going, but I know, like, I'm going to run for 30 minutes or 40 minutes. He goes, what? I run for my lessons. Yeah, that's yeah and that's like, as he said, he was like, what do you mean you do that? And Kate was in the office at this point, and I was like, I just run. He goes, no, you don't do that. You need to have a track. And I was like, well, that's how I run. He goes, no, you know, he goes, call Dutter Fieldhouse. And Kate just starts laughing, like, there in the office. And then he, and then he said it again. He's like, I, I mean, yeah, just call Dutter Fieldhouse. And Kate's like, ah! I'm just cracking up. And I'm like, yeah. You were his rebound running. <laughs> you were his rebound running partner. Yeah. Having it run behind you, know, you Nick. <laughs> you know, I I think about this, and I and at the time I I recognized that it was weird, and and as I as I get older and time is distancing me away from this experience, I, it just gets weirder and weirder, you know, like it, and more inappropriate, <laughs> and it's just interesting that. I knew it was inappropriate at the time, but I, I didn't realize how how strange or how inappropriate it was. Or maybe I did. I just didn't know what to do about it. But yeah, it was strange for sure. Being with Dale, it's like in a weird bubble. There's all that like like when we were in that studio, it was just like a different world. You know, like like Dale's world he created for us like just didn't make sense. So no. I mean, yeah, so so something like what happened with you, as weird as it was, that was sort of the norm. Like yeah. things, I mean, sitting there telling us, like, you know, that our parents didn't raise us right or throwing prayer spears at people and stuff like yeah, <laughs> giving us blue, sp blue stars and yeah, yeah giving stars. And, I mean, it was just it was a weird. Wait, what were blue stars? Don't you remember the stars yeah. you would give out? Yeah, you would give us stars for doing something great in the Tremone world or doing something That's... exceptional. And the blue star was the coveted star. Every, yeah, when you got a blue star for like I got a blue star for the summer my junior year where I, I spent a bunch of time doing a bunch of arranging. So I came came back and at uh, the start of the fall and Dale said, Ah, and for all the arranging he did, here's a blue star for Seth. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, he would give out the yeah. he would give out these I stars. Do yeah. Were they actual physical objects or just? Oh yes, we yeah, they were the little stickers, the little stickers. I still have one on my remote, my giant excerpt book that I made during my undergrad. I still have a blue star sitting on it, and that's you would give out silver ones and red ones, all sorts of ones, and 
Supposedly the blue star was the, the coveted <laughs> one. That was for someone, only the people who did something really exceptional. And so, wow. like, Brad got one for, for his senior recital. Or, no, he got one for winning the concerto competition. I remember I got one for my recital. And then, Nick, you got one for, uh, what, what was it? What did, what did you get the blue star? The hell I did. We, I had my uh, hearing right after that giant blow-up in the studio. I think we talked about it on a podcast once where he said, like, life's a competition. Yeah. yeah. Well, we had like, like, I Julia, had, like Juilliard and yeah. 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 We talked about, yeah. so yeah. If you people don't believe us that we're affected by this, Kate just proved it. She's like, yeah, with Juilliard. Yeah. That's yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but I had my hearing right after that. And like, he tore into me and like Tedron was there and George Bolden was there. And like, they were like, you sounded fine. Like you sounded really good. Actually. But I was like, no, you were yeah. not, not prepared. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I did this. Yeah. So he failed me on my hearing. And I remember uh, now he let me he, he let me just come in and play one piece and was like, you see, you were fine because you prepared. This was three <laughs> days later. I was like, what? You know, but I I remember he he gave me a star for I did research on one of my pieces and I actually, you know, I'm I'm OCD about this. I'll, I'll call and find someone's number anyway. I found the composer like where he lived and found his number and called him and talked to him about the piece. And Dale's like, oh. for, for the best uh, trombone research uh, for his recital I've ever had, Star Goes to Nick. And it was really awkward because everyone knew I'd failed my <laughs> hearing. And so, like, everyone's, like, clapping but kind of looking like... <laughs> and he gives me the star, and then he turns around, and I ate it. I just put it in my me. mouth. And, yeah, he I looked, looked at me and looked at the star and then ate the thing. <laughs> I just ate the star. What? You ate the star? Yes, I was mad. And it was oh a bad goodness. idea. I swear that thing's still in my system somewhere. Like, it... <laughs> It did go down my esophagus for like three days. I felt it in my throat, like Dale, three days. Dale was in your throat, Nick. <laughs> Seriously, Dale DNA. But yeah, did was... Dale see you eat the star? No, I waited until he turned around. Yeah. I just remember the look on your I face. Oh my god, the look on your face! You just you looked at the star. You had just... it on your fingertip. You had it on your fingertip. You looked at me, and then you looked at the star. It just went all and just <laughs> ate it. <laughs> it was mad. So, and, and part of the reason you were so mad about it was because Valerie had gotten a star for helping her, a blue star for helping him with paperwork for an hour <laughs> that week. And that was why you were so upset about it. I was going to tell two stories about our time at UK. One of them, just because I've been dying to mention this to you. I've mentioned this stuff like three times, but we had a photographer band uh, named Chuck, and Chuck took all these pictures of the band. Really nice guy. And I've never had a sister. So Kate, I think we would, because not only were we good friends, but we fought for some reason. Oh, I don't know why. Yeah. Like, Kate and I would get into arguments about really we stupid would. stuff. And I mean, I don't even remember, like, I'm still to this day trying to remember anything Kate and I thought about. And I can't remember what we thought. We would just get arguments. And yeah. my favorite picture that Chuck ever took <laughs> at a football game it was against University of Georgia. And, like, everyone's cheering. And then there's me and Kate sitting there yelling at each other. Yeah. Like, this is just really passionate argument with hands yeah, and, and mouths, <laughs> like, wide open. Oh, man. I remember fighting at that football game, too, yeah. vividly, but I have no idea why. It was, you know. Like, yeah, we never, I don't know what we, and then my other things. <laughs> we have to fight about, you know. I know. It seems, it seems silly thinking back. Okay, Kate, I just remembered something we fought about. 
you used to get really angry, and you tried <laughs> to explain it to me. You're like, Nick, it's not that I'm jealous because I want you to like me. I just don't like it when you talk about other girls being attractive. And I was like, what? And you're like, it's just I don't like hearing that. You know, like I don't – it makes me – like I was like, okay. But I remember one time when Valerie had come up, we decided – like me and Seth and Brad decided as a joke – to say, like, we hadn't even seen Valerie yet. We'll say, like, she's, like, the hottest girl we've ever seen in our lives. <laughs> they made a big deal about it. And, like, you got pissed off, and you found out that it was a joke. And, I mean, you got royally pissed oh, off. Oh, right. I remember that. Yeah. I, so I was like, why aren't you mad at, at Seth and Brad? You're like, because you, of all people, should know how that would make me feel. <laughs> I was like, but was... <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Man, that's just ins- – I was totally insecure, you know? Um, well, but at the same time, it was a really childish joke on my part. You sit here and tell me this bothers me, so my reaction is, okay. To do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny, though. I think Bill might have been in on, in on that, too. I remember that happening. And then the, I remember someone saying to Bill, yeah, you know, this girl or something, you know, and, and he – I don't think he really played into the joke, but he didn't not play into it, if that makes sense. And that, I think, really upset me, too. But I, I do remember that. But at the same time, like, I think that I was used to being, or I thought, I, I projected myself, or I put myself on this kind of, in, on this pedestal or this place, and then I didn't like it when that was threatened, I guess, because I was you know, sort of the only girl there. You're the, you're the, you're the hot chick in the Tremont studio. No one was going to take your sash. Exactly. You know, and I was so young that that, to me, that meant something. And so when that was threatened, I, yeah, I got really upset. And looking back, it, it's all, it was all, you know, insecurity and stuff like that. But I do remember that. I don't remember it's like specifically getting mad at you, Nick. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, because I mean, that is, but you told me that like in confidence, really, like it wasn't like you were trying to like, you're like, I know it's irrational. Like, I remember you saying that you're like, I know it doesn't make sense. I know it's stupid. It just, it really bugs me. Like you yeah. told me this is, and so my reaction is then to go and plan this <laughs> elaborate joke. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of a d- move on my part. So you shouldn't feel too bad because I, I was like, Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it is kind of kind of hilarious, though. Yeah. Um. So there, we figured out one fight we had. And the other thing that I really liked is Kate and I, like, we get this determination not to let Dale do things. Like, I remember one time, like, poor Kate one time got stuck in the car with Dale on a trombone <laughs> car and had to listen to him. You could see when we drove yeah, past, you yeah, just had to lurk yeah, on his face yeah, like she was about to, like, yeah. jump out. But one time... Kate and I, we got to sit in the back of the car for Trombone Choir. I remember we made a pact. We said, we are sleeping, and we are not letting him talk to us. And so I wasn't asleep, and Kate wasn't either. But we both closed our eyes, and Dale did everything he could to try to engage us. He's like, eh. And he put on music. He goes, let's see if this will. And he, like, kept putting the speakers behind us. It was loud. And, like, Kate and I both, we could feel each other's anger. We were just like, nope, no. And we just kept our eyes closed tight. Stay on target. Stay on target. Sleepy. Oh man, that's so funny. Oh, I remember we were when we were on Tremont Choir tour. We we always loaded up two vans, and <laughs> on our, I think it was on our way to DC or something. We we were all I think we the three of us were in the same van, and we look out the window, we see George Bolden driving in a car, like on the highway next to us. Like, where is he going? And so we all just decided to moon him. Like everybody, I remember you mooned him. I'm, and then as we convoyed it, we caravaned this this parade of moonings 
down <laughs> down the van. I remember I like appeared in the back, and I was the last greasy pressed ham up against the window, and Bolden was like, just oh! loving it. Oh, that's great! I, was, I just love that. Can I remember you came up to me during that trip because somehow Kate got stuck in a van with Jared Straub and like. <laughs> and Kate came up and like we were doing all these jokes back and forth, and we were coming up with like funny jokes, and then they were coming up with terrible. I remember Kate came up, she's like, "Nick, the jokes." She like she looked like she was beaten. She's like, "Nick, the jokes, they're so bad." Like, Dale was like, uh, "Let's call Seth because his middle name's T. Let's call him Seth Tightwad Bot. Someone make a side. Someone." And, and Kate, you were like, you were like seriously distressed about this. She's like, "The jokes, they're so bad. No one can think this is funny." <laughs> Oh man. What there was something else that happened one time where Dale said something just really off the wall. We were all kinda like I can't I'm see I wish I, I should have done my, my research, my my own mental preparation research. Well, the things that stand out to me the most are, well, the, the Nutterfield house. <laughs> Every time you said it. Nutterfield house. Call Yeah. And the, I, you guys have probably talked about it already, but the time that, um, well, there's, there's two more that really stand out in my head about Dale. One was when he dropped, <laughs> when he was playing the Kumbaya solo. Yeah. And <laughs> someone dropped a mute. Oh, um, wait, no, we haven't talked about that. I think it's, I don't remember who dropped it or what exactly, but I remember he was playing a Kumbaya solo and he was like gearing up to play it or he had just started. And I think he messed up a note or some somehow, you know, his embouchure fell or something weird happened and it, he didn't sound good, but kind of at the same time. Either dropped a mute, or maybe, may, wait, maybe I'm telling this wrong. Maybe someone didn't drop a mute. But anyway, Dale turned around and said he needed absolute silence. Oh, no, yeah, minute. we talked about that. Yeah, yeah we talked about it. He just messed up, and we were... Oh, so no one dropped a mute in my head, I guess. Well, you know, you might be right, Kate. <laughs> dropped a mute. No, I, I think Dude, you guys... No one made a noise. Even the kids who listened to it, they were just like... They, we asked them, like, why did Dale start over? They're like, oh, because he messed up. We're like, yeah. That's well, we you know, I think you may be right, Kate. I think somebody yeah. may have dropped it because we, we had cut mutes. We had cut mutes for that tune. Now, I was uh, I was half asleep, so I I don't remember <laughs> for sure if if that's exactly it. But you, you very well could be right. I think you might be know. remembering that right. I think his reaction might have like triggered my brain to make up a story about why you know it's a defense mechanism it's It's a coping mechanism for it but that was pretty funny and then the other one is um when (laughs) seth was had composed a piece or arranged a piece yes yeah yeah. every week he's like no another time i'm like yeah i think seth doesn't want to talk about it because of how traumatic it was but we have to talk about it we have to you have to talk about oh it. It was God. so. It was the best. One of the best. Dale, Seth, Seth worst, Dale best. Worst. <laughs> you didn't cry. Yes, he I, did. He, he did. cried. He cried. He cried. Dale at, cried. He cried in well, the after after meeting. Dale. Dale <laughs> cried. I believe that. <laughs> oh no, no. I I was confused at, for the first half of it, and then once I realized what was happening. <laughs> then I was just okay. Let's go through with this and see what happens. There's a lot of conversations with Dale that we don't know. Like I remember when Dale called me 
for recruiting for somebody. He's like, oh, hey, how'd your Allstate audition go? I'm like, I haven't had it yet. He goes, what? Why haven't you had it? I'm a high school kid. He's like yelling at me. He's like, why haven't you taken your Allstate audition? And I'm like, well, I don't go until March. He goes, you need to take care of that now. And then he realized he was talking to the wrong Nick. We talked for 30 minutes. <laughs> so yeah, Dale sometimes doesn't. But this, okay, Dale's, yeah, tell the story that happened when you, he composed a piece down a country lane. Down a country lane, yeah. He arranged it, and it was terrible. It sounded <laughs> awful. And then we take out Seth's piece. He composed, he re, he arranged this Bruckner uh, choral piece. It just sounds gorgeous, but, like, it's supposed to go fast. And Dale was like, ah, ah, huge, huge, hit me with the world of sound, Butterfield House. And then finally, like, I'll tell this part, Seth, just so people don't think you're defending yourself. Seth, very polite, isn't even trying to be rude or anything, just kind of turns to me and quietly says, we're taking this way too slow. And yeah. that's when the proverbial <laughs> hit the fan. Go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, Dale was trying to treat this piece, this choral etude, like a Bruckner symphony. And that's, uh, Bruckner symphonies are supposed to be, yes, they're supposed to be loud and uh, buzz, buzz to the wall. <laughs> but yeah this was a choral piece and it was supposed to go much fat like dale was taking it in four it was supposed to go in two and in the choral style so it was completely off base and I, yeah i did i leaned over to nick i said this is going he's taking it way too slow and dale was over on the other side of the tremode choir yelling at the at the third tremode just uh, <laughs> bigger louder yeah we're gonna run it again <laughs> I remember because we were in the black box theater. We were in the, it was so surreal. Hot box was, theater. Yeah, hot box theater. That was weird, wasn't it? We yeah. were in that weird place. Yeah, like a, like a purgatory dimension. It was the, yeah, it was an like, evening. Like we were in a performance of our of our own lives. Yeah, <laughs> That's pretty good. Like we were pantomiming, and Dale was yeah. pulling the strings. You know, just, <laughs> But it yeah. was it was one of those evening rehearsals. It was an extra rehearsal that we had for uh, something coming up, or I don't know what probably, it was. Probably but... just a church gig. We call it like three <laughs> yeah. extra rehearsals. <laughs> but okay, go ahead. I'm freaking out for a trombone choir at a church. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Dale's yelling at the at the other half of the trombone choir. So I lean over to Nick and I said, "This, this is going way too slow." I guess somehow he heard that, or no, no, what it was, it, I. Nick, you said, well, how fast is it supposed to go? So I kind of started snapping a tempo. Yeah. And that's, I think, when Dale heard, and he looked at me, he goes, eh, do you want to come up here and conduct this piece? <laughs> and I kind of looked at him, and I said, sure. I'd no, love to come up make and sure conduct you, my arrangement. You mentioned Jim, Jim Daughters, who was in the studio, now a very good band director, he got to conduct his own arrangements all the time. So sure. this wasn't like a weird request yeah. that Dale was making. Or oh yeah, he, and he you know, kind of said it like he was he was serious at yeah. first. You know, I thought he was actually offering for Seth to do that. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did too. Yeah, it wasn't trying, a weird request. Yeah. Trying to parse through the inflections of Dale's voice to find his general <laughs> his genuine intent and meaning is a pretty tough task. Uh, sometimes, but uh, do you want to run at Nutterfield House? I mean, how are you supposed to take that? Okay, do you want to run at Nutterfield House? Yeah, is he serious about that? Is he chastising you because you didn't prepare code. for your lesson? Or... <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. Do you want to earn this B minus or not? 
But yeah, so he, he asked me, do you want to come up here and conduct this piece? And I remember we the whole time he's talking, he has his hands up. And, you know, when you ha- when the conductor has his hands up, it's time to play. You know, we we put our horns up to get ready to play. And he he's holding his hands up and he starts chastising me. You know, yeah, right now you need to know your role, <laughs> and your role is to play bass trombone in this You're ensemble. Skipping, skipping something here. He said, "Do you want to conduct this piece?" And you said, "Yes, I would. Sure." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, I, I was, and then Dale was like, "Okay." The key line, yeah. Left it in another lifetime. <laughs> in another <laughs> lifetime. In another lifetime. Because <laughs> yeah, I almost, I yeah, I almost put my horn down on my tripod to go up. I was yeah. like hesitating. <laughs> like, Does he want me to come in another lifetime? Oh, okay, here we yes. go. Oh, this is what. This... Here we go. <laughs> And so I just stood there. I stood there with my horn up, and he would had his hands up. Yeah, you need to know your role, and your role is to play bass trombone in this ensemble. Okay, <laughs> you know, I I took the whole total totally passive aggressive stance on it, and so eventually you could see the the lip quiver. You could see the you know, the yeah yeah because Dale had just we had just finished rehearsing down a country shame for the past hour of rehearsal this was dale did this arrangement of a copeland piece it just wasn't working for various reasons that i could have told him but he was would never have asked a student for help in that in that area but we had we had spent an hour working on this and we finally came to the conclusion you know i just i don't know do we want to play this or not and we tried to be supportive of him we said well dale why don't you just take it back and work on it some more and See what you can come up with, and yeah, yeah, I don't know. Okay, so then we moved on. <laughs> should to all my come piece. up, start putting stars on them, being like, it's yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. I, I should have put put a silver star on my part and handed it back to. I was like, Dale, this part was actually not too bad. The other one that doesn't get a star. <laughs> I remember he, he started yelling at the trombones again, like, and we. I thought we'd moved on. You know, Dale had had his little, you know, hissy fit, and then. In the middle of him talking to another group, he all of a sudden turns back to Seth, and sh- his voice chugs. And you, you don't need to, you need to know you're wrong. And like his, he's his eyes are teared up, and he's crying. And I remember that's what I was like, whoa. Yeah, this just, just went to a whole other level. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the moment. That was the moment where I decided, okay, we're going to have to talk about this afterwards. So looking back on it, this is probably one of the bravest things that I ever did was after rehearsal, rather than just going home like the like a normal person would, I went up to him. I said, Dale, let's go talk in your office. And so we went we went downstairs, went to his office, and I was in his office listening to him talk for the, for the next hour. Wow. For, for an Wasn't hour. It? Yeah. He, he, was, he got oh, to the no. point where he was breaking down. Don't and, feel bad for him. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, don't, don't feel bad because what he, what he told me was – you know, I've I've had multiple people come up to me and say they don't want to be around you because you're because you're a mean person to people. I said, well, Dale, who who said this? Yeah, I can't say. It's like <laughs> what he said that he had people he had people coming to him about me, you, and Brad for farting. Yeah, yeah. So I've, had every pe- time. I've had people come to me to complain about you and Seth and Brad farting all the time. <laughs> it's like, it's like his church like support group. I can't tell you. Yeah. 
His church support group is telling is telling him that we're obviously all raised wrong. But yeah, it, it, that's that was the point it culminated. And he was just tearing up, and yeah, I just I, yeah, I just want you to to succeed and, and be be the best trombone player you can be, and I want to be a mentor. And I just I just sat there and took it. I just sat there wow. and took. I took I took my lumps, and I I tried to explain that this was just a big misunderstanding. That like, Dale, I. Honestly, didn't understand what you were doing at the whole start of that thing, and it just it snowballed and train wrecked before I had a chance. Before any of us had a chance to react, it's like that's how much of an yeah. emotional roller coaster he was. But at the at the end of that at the end of the hour hour and a half discussion, we finally came to a, came to a conclusion, and we shook he hands to up his medications. <laughs> <laughs> He need to read more effortless mastery and wooden and collection of books on his shelf. But we shook hands, and we were we were about to leave, and realized that we were both parked at the sea lot. So I had the most oh, awkward oh. walk. <laughs> Just complete small talk. Yeah, Dale's carrying his turbone case. You have the bot case. By the Was handle. he wearing the stupid hat too? Yeah, yeah. You had the hat, oh, the yeah. dark socks. And, Oh, I and, forgot about the hat. Yeah, so we're walking from the fine arts building to the sea lot to get my car, and it's just small talk at that point, just awkward silence. Yeah, so, uh, so trombone day is uh, coming up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like I don't want to talk about this right now. <laughs> I, think, I think my favorite, uh, my favorite story that that Kate told me one time. Kate, if you if you can pick this up as I'm going through, if you remember it, was uh, the show Dale's like lack of. Of, of I don't know, just his lack of, of ability to inter socially interact with people is when he uh like Kate had an art class you had you had to go to one that like you had to be on time for and you go into the fine arts building and Dale saw you he's like eh, Kate and uh, he starts talking to you and you were just like yeah I know I know Dale I really have to go and he just keeps talking to you you're like and so he said I remember you telling me he said you got in the elevator you're like Dale I'm sorry I really have to go and he's like and then like he pushed clothes and you said as the elevator went up you could still hear him going do you remember that I vaguely remember that. Yeah, that's so funny. As we yeah. saying, like I could hear his voice. As it, like, <laughs> yeah. I went up to the third floor. Yeah. Like, yeah, totally. Most people could be. I mean, the door closes. It's going up, and he's still talking. It's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Okay. And I would, like, what in the world would he even have had to talk to me about? You know, I, I wasn't a music major at that point at all. And he, he probably wanted to he run just, again. No, but you see, at that point, Kate, you would become a non-music major, which meant that you were an awesome player. Remember, yeah. like, anyone who was a non-music major was just like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> Kate, yeah. you a Casey yeah. Harris. Only, <laughs> only with a Casey Harris that I would want to run with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah, he was more complimentary if you weren't a, if you weren't a major. Before I forget, though, Seth, at the end of that, that black box um <laughs> rehearsal i think he sent us all away i think he he ended rehearsal early and got angry and actually sent us all away but may i could be mixing that up with something else but i i remember you know kind of having to leave the black box early or something um because he was so distraught <laughs> 
I don't know. Maybe I know. Not. I don't. Well, I remember the rehearsal that he ended early was the one where we were all sitting in a circle in the band room, and Dave King or somebody started laughing. And then Clint started laughing, and Dale <laughs> turned around. And Dale's like got his arms up in the center of the circle. He always had his arms up. Every time he would t- he would talk for five minutes, he would have his arms up like we were going to start playing. And so eventually we just put him down. But Clint <laughs> Clint started. Clint looked at Dave King, and Dale saw it and just snapped. He snapped at Clint, and then Clint snapped back. And that got Whoa. to the that got to the point where Dale started crying and. And stormed out of rehearsal early. <laughs> was, it, was that the one where he said he'd read our evaluations and they made him feel really bad? No, no, that was a, that was a different one. But like, this what? was we we set we set up. This was at the start of the rehearsal. He said, "Yeah." He looked behind at the, at me and, and uh, I think Chuck or somebody. It was me and you. And he yeah. said, "Blast me from behind!" Uh, yeah. the drop, bass drop. That's gonna blast me from behind. We all started laughing. At you. Ah, come on, yeah. <laughs> That may have started the whole uh, the whole train wreck, but uh, Kate, I have to ask you two things. We've already talked about these two stories, but were you there that time that I accidentally farted on Dale's head? Oh, I I can't remember if I was there or if I've I've heard it so much that I it's kind of like when you see a picture from your childhood. I <laughs> I, rem- I remember it. Okay, so I'm but not. I don't- I don't know if I was there, but I do remember, I think I was around at least, you know, during that time. Cause I remember the story for sure. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause he, yeah, yeah, definitely. Pulls me to the office and he's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. he said, he's like, I don't know why fart in front of me. <laughs> and then, uh, the other one is when he, uh, offended. it deeply he offended when you farted at my house last night. <laughs> and then the other one where he, uh, what, what did he do? There was something else that he, oh yeah. When he was talking about Aaron, well, I'm not using the name on here. He's talking about, you know, Aaron, and, and he said, you know, he thinks he's untouchable. But I'm going to touch him like he's never been touched before. <laughs> yeah, I do. Like, I don't think he just had no grasp of the English language. Sometimes. No. The, the no, concept of innuendo and, and, and double entendre just kind of, he, he yeah. would always say, uh, you don't want to, you don't want to blow your wad. Too early, yeah. Well, while, while we're playing, we're playing trombone, Dale. This has nothing to do. With... Uh, you, yeah, you just blew your what? <laughs> what? You do realize what that means? Uh, what? What? I don't... Huh? <laughs> the orgy story at the orgy, orgy, orgy. Oh, I'll say it again. <laughs> at the trombone studio party, the Christmas party, oh, we're doing man. gestures. Oh, right. <laughs> Oh man, that was good. What time. I wouldn't give to go back and and just look in on one of those parties. Oh yeah, to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> I know. Yeah, or, or at the prep. contemporary. Was it the contemporary style house or the modern style house? How did he say it? His house was like a, I don't know, like a modern style, right? It had yeah. like a weird shape inside, and he called it something like so it was, was a contemporary style home, or it's probably, you know, yeah, it's new wave of deco. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The, the yeah. thing I remember about his house, though, is he had that that black toilet black that I called Black Thunder. Black Thunder. <laughs> black <laughs> thunder. Take yeah. remember, Brad was like, "You gonna take a ride on Black Thunder?" <laughs> oh, I Tr- like Trebone Day would always roll around, and, and the guest artists would always have to stay at Dale's house with him. And so we always imagine people like Joe Alessi and Matt Neese and Scott Hartman just <laughs> just destroying Black Thunder <laughs> in his house. I have to ask you, Seth. Were you ever to get able to get the the music that we need for uh, for this next segment? 
think I've been, I'll set up who Andy was. Like we said, I'll, I'll get it. Talking. I'll get it. Yeah. Andy, uh, I remember the, the, the first thing that we ever had interaction we ever had with Andy, like very few people remember it. This is like, I think the one thing I remember specifically is that we were sitting there during one of our master class days where like, you know, we all have to play a solo and there's just random old dude. <laughs> Like sitting in the back, yeah. you know, and I'm like, not Sid, but the other old three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Can we back up one second? I'm sorry. I feel, my favorite thing is when Kate, when you kept like making fun of Sid because he had that duffel bag and kept saying yes. like, dead body, and Sid would get like really angry. It's like, it's not a dead body. <laughs> well, it wasn't a duffel bag. It was, it was like a body bag. Yeah, it was know? a giant military bag. Yeah. And we were like, you have a dead body you know what are you doing and yeah he would get super defensive really offended about our comments so who knows i gotta <laughs> sell know? this person's liver yeah sid well, was that, this that real... just begs the question like who exactly was sid and why was he there was he taking classes what how was he allowed to be in the trombone choir well, do you guys have he, any yeah ideas? he was that's why i remember kate our our theory was he was a bat <laughs> yes, yeah, he would just I transform. Was, I was just talking about that. No, we thought he was a bat, and he would fly in, you know, at night. And then in the morning, when Dale would walk from the sea lot in his hat, the, the bat would like fly by his yeah, hat. Yeah, UK. I gotta call tech support. UK's got a vampire problem. It, here. Well, you remember too? He would show up at the most random. Like Aaron saw him one time at a fish concert in like California. Bill saw him at a gas station in Virginia. Like he would just show yeah. up. Like, yeah. places. It was like, he was just a drifter, you know, that <laughs> play trombone with us yeah. every week. It was weird. Seriously, I don't know who that who who was that. He was wow. 40, he was forty years old. He was completely he, he completely shaved his head. He had like ear hair <laughs> and ear hair. Like incredible oh. bad ear hair. Yeah. And oh, and it's right. not like it's not that he was a he, he wasn't a bad guy. No, no, but no. But it no, was no. just weird that he was there. I mean a forty year old guy who's just here taking trombone lessons apparently. And I, I remember Dale saying he was from I think West Virginia hmm. and I don't know I don't think he went to UK but he was taking lessons to try and take <laughs> auditions or something. It was just it seemed wow. so random. I mean I really random yeah yeah really really random yeah and i remember like he was he was a really nice guy but like we never really knew like i remember one time we went to hear john fedshock in uh cincinnati and like sid came with us and then when we were done listening to him we were driving away i said you know do you need a ride somewhere he's like no man i'm cool and then as we're driving <laughs> away we see sid running through the snow just like running like we're <laughs> like Deal, man. Like, you know, it'd be funny if, like, we went to like we finally found like a relative Sid. So we'd be like, "Hey, uh, Sid. So, I mean, is he going to Kentucky?" And they look at us and be like, "Um, our son Sid has been dead for forty years." Exactly. Oh man. Okay, so back to Andy. Well, the other one. So, I just, well, like, one more thing on Sid. I, I remember he would, like, he would show up to the school of music building at two in the morning or one in the morning yeah. when we would all be yes. leaving and he would he would just go in and practice all all night and he would come out at 8 a.m and i remember him saying he's i said sid where what's going on man where we've we been doing like, oh, just practicing where are you going i'm going to the y to take a shower <laughs> like well, yeah okay i'm just gonna go into music history i there's nothing <laughs> i can say <laughs> yeah so, yeah. 
I remember uh, this. So with Andy, we're sitting there, um, you know, doing our solos, and there's this old guy in the back, kind of looks like a like a tortoise, and you know, it kind of looks like Mitch McConnell if he was really like a lot bigger. That's and a, I with try. a golf hat. With a golf yeah, and he's, hat on, yeah. Well, no, but he was sitting back there, and I'm like, who is that? You know, because we, we used to do these things at a church, <laughs> and I'm like, who's sitting back there doing And he's just sitting there, and he's like, he's not sitting there secretively. Like, you know, someone to make a joke or something, be like, ha, ha, ha. Okay. <laughs> and then Dale walks up, and Dale's like, and just to let you guys know, all the stories we tell about Dale, Andy sometimes made Dale seem normal. Yeah. Sometimes. So, like, yeah. you never knew what to... Like, with Dale, you had a range that you knew you were going to get. With Andy, you never knew when the creepy was going to turn on. Yeah, but I remember he, he gets... He walks up and he's he's like... He walks up with his trombone and Dale's like, all right, now that we have someone else who's going to perform. And that's it. Like, he didn't tell us. He goes, hey, uh, well, it's been about 40 years since I last played a trombone solo and I, I don't think I was able to defecate for two weeks afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like, <laughs> Owen laugh. We're all like, what? Uh, <laughs> never been constipated in trauma. <laughs> so yeah. like, it's like we've just taken an hour beat down in master class, and now we're going yeah, like, to listen. So, uh, all right, let's let's go. And he, he, I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. He just kind of played through a solo. And that was how we were introduced to Andy. And then Andy just started, like, showing up. So, yeah. Like, master <laughs> classes and stuff. And we're like, what's going on? But the, the time where things really got weird was when Kate came up to me. She's like, Nick, she's like, I need to talk to you. She's like, what? She goes, that new guy, Andy, he's called me, like, 40 times. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, come on, don't do that whole girl thing where you exaggerate. She's like, no, Nick, I actually counted through it. <laughs> he's called me, like, 40 times. All the voicemails. Yeah, tell, tell us about the voicemails and the messages. and the. Oh, man, I barely remember. I, I do remember him calling a lot and thinking that that was really weird but i also remember him awkwardly giving me flowers in mm. front of like an entire church once like <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he asked you to be his concert. valentine he asked yeah, he gave you a rose yeah. that's what it was asked me to be his valentine and what do you do but accept you know with you know a hundred eyes we're making it sound like andy is some poor confused old man who's sweet that was not the case i remember i it's thought great. at first you know, the 48 phone calls, that's weird. But maybe he's just, you know, uh, you know, we found out he's married. I mean, that's all that. But I remember, Kate, you know, you told me about that. And then I was like, well, have you called him back? And you were like, no, hell no, I'm not calling him back. Yeah. Like, well, well, what's he leaving you messages about? And you're like, I don't know. He just keeps, I don't even know how he got my number. I'll be watching you. And then I remember like he, uh, he'd sent you emails. What was weird was like he's, when he talked to us, Everything had to relate to alcohol. Everything. Yeah. And I'm not kidding. Like, we'd be walking with our trombone cases and be like, hey, Andy, he's like, you got liquor in those trombone cases? We're like, no. <laughs> dry, dry campus when here. He, dry when campus he would talk Andy. to you, he would talk about, like, how much he loved God and how much oh, he wanted. And, like, he, I remember he said he sent you a message asking you to travel to Tennessee with him to play for, like, a, a group of kids. Do you remember that? I'll be watching you. Say it one more time. Yeah, he, he sent a message asking you to, like, travel to Tennessee with him to play for, like, kids or something. No, I don't remember that. I remember I, that. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, it was very weird. But the, yeah. but the thing is, is, you were like, I remember you telling me, like, Nick, he's he's kind of scary. And I'm, now, at that point, I'm like, come on, Kate, he's not that scary. And right about then, we're walking down the hall, and Andy rounds the corner. He's wearing <laughs> his golf hat. He's like, hey, Chip. And, like, you froze. And, I mean... He'd been jovial and stuff, and this was angry, and you were like, uh, yeah? He goes, have you got your voicemail fixed yet? 
Oh, like, right. You were like, uh, no. You're like, well, you need to fix it. Oh, and walks, I mean, it chilled me to the bone. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he walks away. And I was like, this just went into, like, weird horror movie old man. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's terrifying. I totally forgot about that. I think I blocked those memories. So you would call wow. him when he was mad, your last name. Hey, shit. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it scared me. Yeah. I wonder what eventually happened if he's, if he stopped coming or. Well, I think he finally retired. He, he used to, he worked like tech support or something at UK. Oh, UK? We always thought, yeah, we always thought it, that's like the weirdest job for some 70-year-old man to have <laughs> working tech support. I mean, Dale couldn't even operate his own email, and he was 50 years old. Yeah, you I got to call tech support. I had try, been trying to fix this email for the past week. And you go in and just click on something. Uh, uh, how do you do that? <laughs> it's like I just got an A for lessons is what I did. Oh, man. Got a blue star. Uh, here's a blue, blue, <laughs> blue star, star for fixing my email. Here's a blue star for... For sad, for but when I say like like he he was weird like like not only the stuff with Kate like I mean he was stalking Kate at this point but he I remember like sometimes he got aggressive like I remember I was dating uh, a girl in college and I was talking to her on the phone and he went on like trombone choir tour with us so that Andy that did? was fun Andy did yeah oh I don't oh went, wow oh yeah and like I remember I was talking to her on the phone and Andy was like hey there uh, you talking to that little lady of yours that little blonde haired girl I was like yeah Andy he goes let me talk to her for a second. And I remember I thought he was just kind of joking, like, oh, no, man, it's cool. He goes, no, no. And then he's like, no, seriously, let me let me have the phone for a minute. And I'm like, no, I'm still. And then I walk away. He goes, hey, let me have the phone. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Natalie Otis. Yeah. I'm like just walking away. I'm like, I'm not. Natalie <laughs> So, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a little. And then he tried to, like, start a rival trombone choir. With... Yeah, he had trombone day at his church. The day, like the day after we did, it had Scott Hartman go play for like three people at his church for Trombone Day. He, he tried to recruit us too. He's like, I got a Trombone Choir meets Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Are you in? <laughs> and we're like, uh, uh, I got, I got something to do on Saturdays, like sleep. So oh. you don't remember, you got to remember some of the messages. Like, did he leave anything? Because he apparently left like just hours worth of messages on your machine. Oh so gosh, you... I really don't. I really, I, I think I've blocked this <laughs> from my memory. Yeah, I, I do remember them. I do remember that he left me messages though, and that they were weird enough to make me feel super uncomfortable. I'm what surprised a, you actually a, listened a comfortable to time for me. <laughs> you got Dale and Andy. And... I know. I know. Yeah. I, and I think I played them for, you know, at some point for people. And yeah, that was really weird. You know, he, he sent me a, a Facebook request not too long ago. Oh, Ali, Andy oh, Alexander. Yeah. I had, I think I had completely <laughs> forgotten about him altogether, but, um, he, yeah. He saw, yeah. He sent me a friend request too. And then he started messaging me. He, he's oh, like, God. Seth, this is Andy. Are you there? <laughs> <laughs> Just like, no. <laughs> no, I'm not here. I'm oh, not man. here. But that's the thing is I'll never forget, like, you know, once again, like, Kate, you know, I, I feel bad because if you're listening to this, you're thinking, well, Kate gets a cut. No, Kate can handle herself fine. These two situations with Dale and Andy were beyond anything that normal people have to deal with on a daily <laughs> basis. This was in our weird world. I remember Kate coming up and you were like, you were really scared. And I was like, oh, this seems harmless. And then when he 
saw us and just like snapped at you. He's like, Shannon! <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh. And just started yelling at you. Like that's a little terrifying. Yes, you knew I wasn't just making it up. <laughs> well, I knew you, I knew you weren't making it up. I just didn't think I was like Andy can't be that scary, and he scared the hell out of me. <laughs> I was yeah. like, Do we want to go to Seth? We actually have some questions this week, like real honest to goodness questions here. Nice. Well, I also want to get to some geek stuff. We have to have Kate talk about some geek stuff with us too. Nice. Oh, you want to do some geeking out now? I'm- if you talk about Star Wars, I'm not going to be very much good. I'm only a fan of the movies. I didn't like the TV show. Or not Star Wars. Star, Star Trek. Trek. Star yeah. Trek, sorry. Yeah, Kate, you are you said you're a Star Trek fan. Back yeah. When I, was, I, was, I was trying to find anything uh, anything that you might be slightly geeky about, and Star Trek came up as a topic. So yeah, tell us how far your, your fandom goes. Oh, so I'm a big fan of um, Star Trek, The Next Generation. And, you know, I think I was I was trying to mentally prepare to talk to you guys today. And I was thinking about the origins of my obsession. And I really became obsessed with the show kind of for the wrong reasons, because it's kind of an awesome show. Yeah, I watch it as an adult and it's awesome for so many reasons but i watched it because i had an awkward and inappropriate crush on brent spiner uh lieutenant commander data oh yeah wait i I was fully ready for picard he's he's adorable i had a really big crush on data and so i would literally watch the show just to watch this 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 man you know he is fully functional I know, I know. Um, and so I got really into the show because of Data, Brent Spiner, and then I've had kind of a lifelong yearning, or I guess on my bucket list, I really want to meet Brent Spiner. I've been to a Star Trek convention where he was speaking, but I wasn't able to meet him, mm-hmm. and and I'm hoping to someday do that. And I, I sent him a, a Facebook friend request, but he hasn't accepted it yet. And, um <laughs> Well, he's not into hot chicks, apparently. So yeah. uh, that's his, his yeah. loss. There you go. Um, so, yeah, and I'm super obsessed with, with him and with, with Data. But, you know, as an adult, I started rewatching the show and have gotten any, even more into it because it's also just a really freaking awesome show. Um, I, 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 this must have happened after you got out of college or something because I don't remember you talking about Star Trek at all. Well, I didn't, I've never really talked about it much because it's been sort of a, a closet. I guess I didn't realize that I had others that that I could relate to. Because <laughs> no, I remember you, I remember you saying saying like you liked it. Like because I remember I I hated Next Generation. I know I know that makes me terrible, but I think I think that might have been one of the things we argued about it. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I just did not. Well, my dad loved it, and like I'm a huge. I still read comic books. I get a shipment of comic books every two weeks. I mean, I'm as dorky as it gets. I'm, I have She Hulk and an ATST from Star Wars staring right at me right now, and I do not like Star Trek Next Generation. I just oh, couldn't well, get into it. Not? What did you not like about it? Like, you know, what... I really don't know. And I mean, you just I... get into it. Yeah, and you know what's yeah. weird though is I love the Star Trek movies, even the like the crappy one about the whales. Remember yeah, that one? The Voyage Home, yeah. I liked that one. I love the <laughs> movies. And I mean, Wrath of Khan is incredible. Yeah. You know, I mean, and the latest Star Trek movie, despite the overabundance of lens flares they used, I loved it. <laughs> you know, and, and like the Next Generation ones, like the one that dealt with the Borg, I forget the name of that one. First Contact. Yeah. yeah I, I loved them all. 
And like my wife actually is a Star Trek geek. She loves Star Trek. Oh, so nice. it's not like I've had. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I, I, that was one of the moments I knew I was going to ask her to marry me is we were watching TV and she's like, oh, this is the one where Picard gets assimilated into the board collective. <laughs> and I stop and I'm like, what? what? And she starts laughing. She's like, yeah, that's kind of I, I guess it's a girl because she she was embarrassed. She is like Le she cutest. like admitted. It's like she uh, admitted a drug habit to me or something. I'm like, no, I'm a dork. It's cool. But, oh, uh, there's nothing to be ashamed of, Karen. Yeah. Tell her. Yeah. Oh, I told her. Yeah. The, I just, I call her my little borgling sometimes. She doesn't that <laughs> But uh, I, I used to not, I used to not like Star Trek too, to be honest. I, I used to be just a Star Wars guy. And then once uh, I started, I think the first time I ever saw Star Trek was the Generations movie. We had William mm-hmm. Shatner and uh, Picard. Picard in it, and it, and then the the Sting lookalike guy as yeah. the, the villain, <laughs> that like guy Sauron or or what? Yeah, I think his yeah. name was. <laughs> but yeah, he. So that was the first movie I saw, and then I saw First Contact. Kate, do you have like Brent Spiner paraphernalia now? Do you have a, a woman cave like like Nick does? Well, I used to have you know, Brent Spiner stuff up everywhere. And then I, I tried to keep it sort of under control. But I, <laughs> like a heroin but I still have, you know, Brent Spiner dolls and, and stuff like that. And, you know, the magazines that his face was on the front of as data. <laughs> Home and um, Garden, like just a yeah. red, red book magazine for t- 20 questions with Brent Spiner. Exactly. I'm about to tie there was a Spiner people, off. a people interview with Brent Spiner. I guess it was like 1994 or something like that. I think it, if I'm correct, which I'm sure I am, because I would have known if he had ever been interviewed any other time. I think it's the only interview by with people with Brent Spiner. But I remember having that and sort of cutting out. Um, cutting out the pictures and then I would like draw them. You know, like, it wasn't enough to just have a picture of Brent Spiner. I would then have to like replicate it myself. You know, oh man, I would kill to like... see some of those because you you were uh, you were an amazing artist, and we would always marvel <laughs> at just the random projects. Once you switched from being a trombone major to being an art major, and we're so much happier. And you would bring us all these like different projects and stuff, like pictures you'd take in, and just ran all the random stuff that you would work on. Like, I, I would imagine I could imagine like a draw your drawing of Brent Spiner looking better than than what it did on the oh, magazine cover. Well, maybe these were a bit crude because I was uh, you know was a little young, but, these but are they, crude. I think they're kind of awesome. <laughs> but, these uh, are crude, but they will suffice for making a yeah. poster above my bed. Yes. <laughs> And actually, you know, if you Google, like, Star Trek The Next Generation fan art, I think that's some of the, the best stuff I've ever seen. Just, it's so funny, you know, because fans will take it to the next level, too. Sure. You know, if they want to see a certain character look a certain way or behave a certain way, they'll just, they'll draw it or paint it or or whatever. But, um, but yeah, so I have, I still have a lot of that stuff at my parents' house, but I, I need to dig it out. Yeah, sometime make a shrine or something but. yeah that's if nick's got to send you some pictures of his man cave because it is so dirty when you say it like that I was like nick yeah. needs to send you pictures of his bad you need to trade <laughs> pictures of your man and woman cave man cave <laughs> uh, you want to see my man cave yeah. okay sorry yeah this is my shrine to joe alessi yeah it has my cd in it because i show him how it's done <laughs> So you're, you're obviously so probably I, a Picard guy rather than a Shatner guy then, right? 
I think my internet might have jumped out or something for a oh, second. That's good. But I think that's I'll what I'm talking about Star Trek. Things get kind of hot. So. Yeah. <laughs> no. Internets go out when uh, things got complicated. I, I asked you about Picard or or Shatner. It sounds like you're going to be a Picard woman then. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you know, I I really like Patrick Stewart. I think he's really awesome. I got to tell you about the the time I met William Shatner. And it was actually a few months ago. He came to Phoenix Comic Con, and they they always have a big Star Trek presence. Uh, last year they had George Takei, and they had Leonard Nimoy, and uh, so this year they had William Shatner, and most of the cast for the Next Generation because it's the 25th anniversary, I think. Yeah. For the show, so William Shatner does these photo ops, and you pay your 80 bucks or whatever, and you go stand in line at the cow, cow pen. You know, you get herded in like cattle and <laughs> William Shatner's propped up on this director's chair and you go stand next to him and you get your picture taken. Well, I, I, I paid my 80 bucks to go meet William Shatner and I decided that I, I want to take him a little memento for for being there because I don't know how many conventions he really does and he's 80-something years old. What is that? Somebody's <laughs> sitting in a chair weird. <laughs> Somebody's man cave or woman Not me. cave. No, I am is... staying completely still. Yeah, so I, I know William Shatner's a cigar aficionado. And you know, watching Boston Legal and the show that he was on, he, he would always have this scene at the end with James Spader smoking a cigar. So I took him a really nice Padron cigar and had it you know, in a bag for him. And I just, so I get up to the line and... We're, be, we're literally being herded like cattle. The volunteer people are, you know, step forward to the line, okay? <laughs> step forward, yeah. And the and the photographer goes, yeah, ready, click, go. And the next person will go up, get in your pose, ready, click, go. And he's got, you know, he's putting on the same goofy smile for everyone, the the Shatner, the Shatner smile. And so I. I I'm like, man, am I going to have time to give him a cigar? But I get up to him and I said, Mr. Shatner, thank you for coming to Phoenix. It's it's wonderful to to meet you and get my picture with you. I was wondering if I could give you a cigar as thank you for coming. And he looks at me and goes, oh, <laughs> are they any good? And I said, well, yeah, I remember you saying that you liked Padron cigars in, in an interview you did. And so this is a very nice, this is one of my favorite cigars that I've ever smoked. Oh, well, thank you. I'm, I may smoke this when I get home tonight. <laughs> and I was just thrilled. I was, And, and before, before I could say anything, this volunteer woman, sir... Sir, can you please face front? <laughs> and I'm trying to get... And he's talking to me. William Shatner is talking to me. And this woman is yelling at me, Sir, face front, or I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Well, uh, I, uh, I just... Okay, Mr. Shatner, I'm sorry. Let me hold on to this, and we'll you know, get back to you in just a second. So I take the picture, and I give it to him, and I get shuffled off. And I'm just like, man, this volunteer woman who... You give someone a badge and an ounce of authority, and they feel the need to wield it at everyone with yeah. impunity. So I was just like, man, I, I just, that's probably the only time I will ever get to converse or meet with William Shatner. And I just had it ruined by this woman. 
until his stage manager or his personal handler or something, he is 87 <laughs> years old now, uh, came up to me and said, thank you for the cigar. He loves cigars. Aww. And so I felt better after that point. And then I went off to you know, see Stormtroopers and play with Star Wars Legos and things like that. <laughs> All right, so let's get to a few questions here. Yes, questions. Um, Mike wants to know from last week, is Tori single? Which that tells me that Mike didn't really listen very carefully. No. The <laughs> fact Tori was the girl from last week who I wrote a story about her on my blog. Kate, you can be honest. Do you ever read my blog? I actually I do, but okay. I haven't read it in a while. Rambling Beach Cat, because um, it seems like you used to post more links to your blog on Facebook. But yeah, um, I'm trying not to spam it too much. Oh, okay. Well, I used to read it, and it it does well. And I remember reading about Dale stories, but also um, football stuff. And yeah, it's good. Go read Nick's blog. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I write I write weird crime stories a lot. And uh, I wrote a story about this girl who got in a fight with her boyfriend over money for tattoos or tampons. And like I wrote this whole thing and she came in the comment sections like, you know, I'll uh, I'll do an interview and I confirmed it was her and she came on the show and she's a really pretty girl and she's normal. There was a whole lot more to the story the police messed up on, but she is not Mike. She is not uh, single. So you didn't listen well enough. Although for the right kind of tampon, that's might be able to convince her. Amber wants to know, well, she said, number one, how are me and Kate? So uber cool. Amber and Kate were good friends for a while. Amber Amber was another Tremone player. She, she suffered with us in the UK marching band. She wasn't in the Tremone studio, but I remember you two were uh, you were roommates, right? And you were yeah. pr- pretty tight for a while. We were. We were inseparable. Um, and I think we were, yeah, we were really cool, weren't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember you had that terrible roommate that was obsessed with Eeyore? I do. I do remember that. Yes. I, well, didn't um... you ask, like, why do you like Eeyore? And she was like, because he's sad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was kind of, yeah, she needed to get herself sort of out of a, a rut, I think. But, um, yeah, she lived with us and Amber, and um, Amber and I were the only female trombone players at that time at UK. This was before Valerie and Dora came along and Tracy. Tracy. Yeah. yeah, and when we had a great time. I think we just really enjoyed also just being the only girls, and we were 18, and we you know got a a lot of attention you know because we were just among all these guys and we thought it was a fun time and we never memorized our steps or our (laughs) parts that leads us to amber's next question because we we used to i remember we used to tease amber mercilessly she would make just the most facepalm comments at times (laughs) and well, the second part of her question was, right, do you remember the uh, the acorns? <laughs> do you remember the acorn tree? Uh. And Amber, Amber would, we the, the marching band practice field was <laughs> next to the music building, and there were these trees lined up, and so they would be dropping acorns in the fall all the time. And she, I remember she was standing, we were doing some kind of form movement, and Bolden comes over the intercom, just say, all right, everybody, check your spacing. And then Amber looks around and is like, wait, wh- 
there's a hole. Why is my hole so big? And we just start, <laughs> we start laughing. It was like, oh my gosh. Well, the other thing said with the acorns. Like, yeah, and then, where does acorns well, come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, where does it? And then she goes, oh, there's an acorn in my hole. And we just, oh, Amber, do you realize what you're saying? Oh, bless her heart. Yeah. Her, Amber didn't like me for about a year. Like, she really didn't like me. I don't know really? what. Yeah, I remember you were the one who told me. You were like, Amber kind of hates you. <laughs> I like, really? Yeah. I can't imagine Amber hating anyone. You I must I... have rubbed her the wrong way. Well, yeah. there there was a point, I, th- I know after, I think after I was done with Marching Man, after my second year, like, she didn't talk to any of us. Like she, I remember she, oh. didn't talk, she didn't talk to me at all. Even when she was living with you, she just, I, I don't know. Huh. <laughs> our next question we have is from Stephanie. She went to school with us, too. She goes, what about the uh, talking uh, bass fish during scale exams? And I remember, here's the thing that freaked me out. If you guys remember those bass that would sing songs, those little, I mean, I guess they <laughs> yeah. still sell them. They're on they a plaque turns, you hit yeah. on the wall, yeah. And I remember, like, you know, Dale and Rolf and all, they had one. And, of course, it's kind of funny, but to them it's, like, the most hilarious thing. And, you know, Rolf, Rolf yeah. Holly's like, oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> And I remember uh, Dale told me this, and it was confirmed by the other professors, too. Uh, and this is, like, one of the few times Dale seemed cool because, like, this was weird. Like, it, it, was, <laughs> it had this, like, rotation of phrases that it said. But, and Dale and I actually, during a lesson once, sat there and tried to get it to say this again, but... Stephanie Photos uh, walks in to take her scale exam, and it turns and looks at her and says, Hey, uh, I'll do it with the microphone. Goes, hey, baby. Why don't you try to give me a kiss? <laughs> and we, Dale and I spent 15 minutes. We could not get it to say that again. And, like, it just it just would randomly turn and say it. randomly turned and said that to Stephanie. Oh, I, I, remember, I remember Dave Elliott used to, the, the horn professor, he had the, the doctor beat the metronome. And they would just turn it on, and so you play your scales with a Dr. B. And if you got to your third try, you, you get three chances to play your scales right. And if you get to the third try, they would turn on the human voice. So instead <laughs> of just you know, the, the clicks, you would hear, one and a two and a one and a two and a one and they would just completely throw you off. Oh, my goodness. It was goodness. just this oppressive female electronic voice just... However, I didn't fail a scale exam, but Lee Watts, who was a great player, would fail them sometimes. Yeah. And I remember when he would fail them, he would lose it. He would fail it and just storm out of the... And, like, he would throw things and swear and stuff like that. Uh, Yeah, well, scale exams were the one thing that if you failed, you could fail lessons. It was You could bomb your jury and still get a B in lessons and still pass, but they... The way they had it worked into their into their grading was that if you didn't pass your scale exam, you got an incomplete, and then you had to come back the next semester and take a makeup. And if you didn't pass the makeup, then you failed lessons. So it was the one thing that everybody would just freak out about more than their jury. And so, yeah, people failing the scale exam just yeah they they'd freak out or drop out of school. <laughs> they would freak out. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I gotta learn my majors and thirds, <laughs> so oh, I can show Joe, show Joe Alessi how to play colloquy. <laughs> <laughs> Just show him. Yeah, it's that jazzy. Do you guys remember uh, Dale's backyard blues? Oh yeah, we were talking oh, yeah. about that earlier. <laughs> Matt Neese wrote that piece for 
you could tell he, he tossed that one off in about three hours on the flight over. <laughs> yeah, he's just, just oh yeah, I gotta write this piece with the commission, and he, <laughs> we we played that piece forever. I remember Matt Neese. What what sealed the deal? What made Matt Neese really cool was after he stayed at Dale's house, he came back to rehearsal the next day. We are we, we were always wanting to know. So what'd you do at Dale? So we asked Matt Neese. So what'd you do while you were at Dale's house? And Matt Neese looks at us and goes, "Oh, we made love." It's <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, this guy's pretty cool. Yeah. So okay, one last thing I have to ask you before we we go off the podcast talk, at least. Like we've been talking, uh, one thing we haven't really touched on is like when Dale and you said you blocked a lot of it out, but do you have any good like Dale just chewing you out stories? Like we like, I mean, where he like just yelled at you or said you weren't doing stuff. Like, um, yeah, like he, well, he he never yelled at me. Well, he never um, yelled generally. But you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but he would get really upset with me because I was also just not ready to be. I, I shouldn't have been a music major. I wasn't into it. I wasn't excited. I wasn't motivated. And so I would do things that understandably pissed him off, you know, like just not show up to lessons or, um, <laughs> you know, not practice at all. <laughs> and and uh, so he, he got, you know, more frustrated with, with me than, you know, probably, or, or he had more reason to be frustrated with me, I think, than others. And, and yeah, I mean, he would, he would have, long complicated talks you know about what i should be doing he would try to help me with organization um i don't know if he he, if he ever talked to you guys about organization but he would get out his calendar and talk about you know how he plans out his day and how you know i need to think about planning out my day and on fridays i do run outs and then uh yeah yeah on weekdays from 8 a.m yeah, actually, from seven thirty a.m. to ten a.m., I'm practicing. <laughs> yeah. And then he come in the lesson. Uh, first notes first of the notes day. Of the day. <laughs> he like, said that for every lesson. Too, I know like five lessons in a row. He'd be like yeah, first notes of the day. It's like Dale, it, yeah, I haven't had a chance to warm up. It's like Dale, it's three p.m. What? what I've been I've been tagging. You see that stack of paperwork over there? I've been, I've been tackling that for the past two months. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah great but um but yeah you know his his talks with me were always of that nature and he he was all he was always really frustrated with me so but did you you have much interaction with him at all after you left the studio um well you know i would i was still in trombone choir and so i would see him a lot because of that and then slowly i think i was less involved and less involved until i just i wasn't at all and you remember you stole the corral book I stole it. Yeah, because you had it in your like your your shower. You made a shower curtain, and you stole the corral book and made it part of your shower oh, curtain. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. He, and he was so he, bad. He's like, yeah. I'm missing. I'm missing like three corral books. <laughs> I'm gonna need, I, somebody's gonna need to give me four dollars and fifty cents for this. <laughs> you know, I think I still have it here somewhere. I'll have to scan it and send him a picture or something. Yeah. Remember how we used to talk about how we were going to steal a plume? And oh, yeah. The chickens, yeah. Because there was a plume master or someone in charge of the plumes and he would get really 
<laughs> that was an honor. That was an honorable position in KK Psy. That was an oh, elected it... elected official. <laughs> I remember and he K- took it seriously too. I mean, really seriously. <laughs> yeah, at halftime we would we would get we would take our after the halftime show we would take our plumes out and in the stands and sometimes we would just start throwing them, <laughs> throwing yeah, them down to the front. Yeah. They would get mad at us. Saying, Don't throw the plumes. <laughs> I remember, uh, Kate. I remember you and I used to laugh about how seriously the uniform people took their job and i remember you came up to me one time you were getting your uniform and, and you said um can i get another vest this one doesn't fit they looked at you like we don't have any more <laughs> like, oh, okay. and you had to walk 50 yards through the sweat and stank to get out to get out of the in yeah. the uniform room oh that- yeah what a weird room it was like a like a cage like a yeah. old factory or something and it extended weird. further out that seemed feasibly possible. It was like going through a closet into Narnia. It was just, it extended so far back. It was like, this can't possibly still be in the music building. It just... Oh, it's true. It was so weird. It really was. <sighs> they, were, they would get so angry, like those uniform people. Yeah, like they, they really would. Yeah, <laughs> they really would get angry. Oh, like, man, I think all people the listening to us don't believe us. Probably they're like, "Oh no, they did." I mean, they would really over. Like literally, Kate one time just asked if they had a different vest, and they just <laughs> screamed, at it. "We don't yeah. have it anymore!" It's like, yeah. they would fight for the they would fight for the honor of chalking the field, like to run that little machine up and down the marching band field <laughs> with the spray can of of white paint and chalk. Yeah, by the time November rolled around, the marching band field was just dust anyways. So you'd see all these, like, squiggly lines, like, just going up and down to make these yard markers. But, they, yeah, they would literally fight for the for the honor of being wow. able to chalk the field. Or the guys running the uh, the burger the burger stands on Thursday. Like, oh, they would yeah. set the grill up, the KK side grill. Oh, yeah. Because none of us had time to eat anything on Thursdays. I remember I would go from jazz band at 11 to master class at 12:30 to trombone choir at 2 and then from there go to orchestra <laughs> at like 3:30 wow. so you'd have i got 20 minutes to choke that a sandwich <laughs> so you'd go get a get a burger from KK Sai <laughs> Kappa Kappa get me a coke yeah Kappa get bring me a coke yeah oh that was good times before we go, we can still talk after as well before we go uh Kate do you have anything to say like or anything you want to plug to our vast audience of like 20 people <laughs> we don't know how many people listen to our moms are, are generally our mom, we know interested our moms listen, so. <laughs> well i guess maybe the only thing i would say is that although although dale is a complex figure i am thankful that he exists because i think that he really gave me and the others a lot to like laugh about and think about and I don't know, talk about and kind of uh, commiserate over. And so mm. I appreciate that he is in the world <laughs> and exists. And um, yeah, I'm just happy for that. Yeah, um, I'm, so I'm actually you know, someone really way. cares about you when they say, I appreciate you exist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I totally do. I mean, no one in my life really has, has stuck out as strongly in my mind as, as Dale Warren, there'll never be another, you know, and, and I'm happy man. about that. <laughs> uh, run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Run like you've never run before. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm the same I way. Actually. It was that crazy, by the way. I had no idea. Oh man. Yeah. yeah I, know, I didn't yeah. know it happened that much. I just, but... the only thing I wish is that someone else could have been there to, 
to help me remember and also, you know, just to witness what yeah. was happening. Yeah, that's something we've noticed is when it's yeah, Nick and I get together uh you know, a couple times a year. We always tell Dale stories that we we start remembering more details and we start to – as soon as you add another person to the mix, like the mute drop, I, I completely didn't even remember that at all in, in yeah. the Kumbaya story. We, t- we talked about the Kumbaya story uh, last week, but I, I'm the same way with Dale. I, I, to be honest, I learned a lot from him, a lot of what not to do with my students <laughs> yeah. and and, yes. and some of what to do as well, but – I feel like going through that in my undergrad, I feel like I can tackle anything that the music world might throw at me yeah. at this point. <laughs> Definitely. I've been through the fire. Let's not, yes. let's, not forget everything, let's not forget everything Andy gave us. Yes, oh, yeah. and Andy. Wait, How to be a creeper. That's yeah. the next. Uh... <laughs> yes. Oh. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you guys, and uh, we'll see you next week. Potential. I forgot he says that. <laughs>